Happy Holy Tuesday within the octave of Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. My name is Jesse Romero. I am the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm the Latin lover of Our Lady, and I'm most especially in love with the fact that he rose from the dead. Terry. Hey, man. Terry Barber, the Lebanese lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the Lebanese lover of Our Lady. And Jesse, he is truly risen. This octave of Easter is awesome, man. We, we get to, I mean, during this, at the store, wherever I go, I'm telling people, happy Easter. And they're looking at me going, hey, but that was Sunday. And I go, actually, it's every day we have an octave of, and I tell them about the octave of, of Easter. It kind of sets me up to tell them about it. So I appreciate yeah. people asking, what, what are you talking about? Jesse, today, yeah, this, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, Terry, th- this day is so powerful oh, in Christianity Sunday that yeah, the, the octave of Easter, basically, yeah. it's the ripple effects yeah. of the resurrection. Think about when you go to the ocean and all the waves that continue coming into the seashore. Yep. Those are the ripple effects of the body of water within the ocean. The resurrection of Jesus Christ has caused ripple effects, and we celebrate them for the next seven days. Well said. Before I get to need to know file, I want to just mention today's topic. We're talking about violence in the world. Well, not just in Nashville. Everybody talks about that church that was attacked, but so far in 2023, it's tripled in violence against churches, Christian churches. So mm. that's an issue there. Mm. Also, looking back at the promotion of what the Vatican did regarding COVID-19 and asking ourselves, wow, horrible, uh, horrible. it's scandalous, Jesse, scandalous. Yes. And, then, and then, of course, uh, we're going to talk about a new Hebrew word regarding Easter. That, yeah. that, hey, man, let's, what is that Hebrew? Well, you got to wait till the last segment of the show, and you're going to learn a little Hebrew here. That's uh, right. Jesse, I just have to give kudos to a Florida hockey team that's donating their ticket proceeds to a pro-life pregnancy center. It's in Florida. Gosh, I'm surprised. I thought wow. it was going to be in surprise, California. Surprise. No, of course it's not in California. Also, just talk about violence, because Sheen's going to talk about that. The euthanasia movement's going all around the world. Are you ready for this? 5% of all deaths in Netherlands and, and are from suicide. And this is because people have lost the meaning and purpose of life. And then one last one, good to know, file. I'm really proud of the people in Hungary. One of our listeners is in Hungary right now, uh, teaching English, I believe, out there. And their pro-family values have exposed the UE leaders as increasingly anti-Christian because... They have laws that say you can't be promoting homosexuality. You can't be promoting transgenderism. It's not part of who we are. And, of course, the UA, UE is saying, oh, no, no, you can't, you can't knock that Christianity out of here. Any kind of morals. We have, you know, there's no morals. There's no right or wrong. Let everything go. So I just give them kudos because I don't know of another country that's fighting as hard as they are out in Europe. That's, that's what right. I, that's what I have, Jess. How about yourself? A couple, a couple things I want to mention is... Uh, Joe Biden signed a Republican-led bill Monday ending the COVID-19 national emergency. I mean, he was strongly opposed to the bill, but he ended up conceding to the Republicans and he signed it. So that, that was a good thing. Also, a report released last week is accusing Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, surprise, surprise, yeah. of improperly receiving lavish gifts from a wealthy friend. This is nothing more than a political hit job of course. Uh, by, by the left according to Roger Severino of the Heritage Foundation. Next, uh, the Catholic Archdiocese for the Military Services is accusing Walter Reed National Medical Center of denying Catholic service members and veterans the right to practice their religion. Wow. It canceled a contract for pastoral care 
and issued a cease and desist order to a community of Catholic priests just days before Holy Week. Archbishop Timothy Broglio, uh, who's in charge of the military service, he says this, quote, It is incomprehensible that essential pastoral care is taken away from the sick and the aged when it was so readily available, close quote. And remember, this came from the Biden administration. Also, swimming champ Riley Gaines, an outspoken critic of the transgender movement, spent a harrowing night barricaded in a safe room Thursday after radical transgender activists swarmed her when she visited San Francisco State University to advocate for the rights of female athletes. She says, quote, I was ambushed and physically hit twice by a man. This is proof that women need sex-protected spaces, close quote. (laughs) And finally... The Mexican cartels, not the U.S. government, right. are controlling aspects of the southern border. Arizona Senator Kristen Cinema says, quote, right now the United States government is not choosing who enters this country. The cartels are choosing that. Wow. That is dangerous, she said. Cinema left the Democrat Party recently registering instead as an independent. Terry? You know, Jesse, and it goes on and on and on. I mean, it's just yeah. it's unbelievable what's going on in our country. But this has been total chaos for the last two years plus. And, yeah, it, it ties into the new administration, in my opinion. They're running it. All right, yeah. Jess, let's get some uh, soul food if we can for today, brother. Yes, sir. <clears throat> yes, sir. Speak. Your servants are listening. Yeah. Tuesday within the octave of Easter, yep. the gospel at Holy Mass. Yep. Um, John chapter 20, verse 11 to 18. Mary Magdalene stayed outside the tomb weeping, and as she went, wept, she bent over into the tomb and saw two angels in, in white sitting there, one at the head. Oh, no, Terry, I'm going to do the first I reading. would like you to do the yeah, first yeah, yeah, reading yeah. because— The re- book of Acts. Yeah, it's got some gospel, poor yeah. gospel teachings. For, yeah. Thank you, Jess. Yes. I wasn't going to uh, jump Acts in. Acts chapter but... 2, verse 36. <laughs> On the day of Pentecost, Peter said to the Jewish people— let the whole house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ as Jesus whom you crucified. Amen. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. That means a, a prick of conscience or an illumination of conscience. Yep. And they asked Peter and the other apostles, what are we to do, my brothers? Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is made to you, and to your children and to all those far off, whomever the Lord our God will call. He testified with many other arguments and was exhorting them. I love you. Here it is. St. Peter. Yep. Save yourselves from <laughs> this corrupt generation. Wow. Repeat Save that. Save yourselves you. <laughs> from this corrupt generation. Yeah. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 persons were added that day, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just jump in, because I don't usually jump in on this. But man, when I read that first reading this morning before Mass, and I go, you know, (laughs) repent and believe in the gospel. I mean, this is so biblical that I'm wondering why the church's uh, hierarchy in these synods and... Is not saying this. Why don't we just go back to the core beliefs rather than going, well, you know what, we have a better idea... To me, Jess, you just got to take the scriptures and read them to the people. I mean, it, it does the message. It's not, uh, you know, we have a better idea. And so I just, I just thank you for reading that first reading because 
you know, as you said, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Why can't we say that right now? Because it's true. Terry, I'll tell you why. It's because C.S. Lewis, he talks about modernism and modernist. Yep. He says that they, they suffer from what's called chronological snobbery. <laughs> In other words, they believe what's new and modern is always better. Yeah. And, they, and they have contempt for anything that's old, especially anything pre-1965. Mm-hmm. They have contempt they have disrespect. Yep. They look down upon anything pre-1965. If it's not new and if it's not modern, they just snob and criticize and dismiss it and cancel it. And Jesse, on our website, we have the oath for modernism, what it's all about to say, look, this is what we're fighting in the church today. The 1907 document. Yeah, it goes on over, over 100 years ago. It's alive and well. So let's keep that in mind. One more thing while you're on the website. Sign that petition to have Bishop Sheen beatified, okay, folks? <laughs> That's something that I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I should do everything I can to get him beatified. Jess, let's bring Fulton Sheen in. <laughs> this sits right into our topics, man. Fulton Sheen, 70 years ago, said about sin. He says, everyone who is conscious of sin knows that his sin deserves punishment. But if sin or guilt is denied like it is today, the need for punishment finds its outlet vicariously in a love of violence visited upon others. Jesse, Exhibit A, we're going to be talking about all the churches that are getting attacked and violence. We're going to talk about the violence of abortion. All these things are violence because the conscience of these people, they don't. They don't think they need redemption. You know what they think? They need themselves, me, myself, and I. And violence just falls right into it, like Fulton Sheen said. It's love of violence that people are going to visit upon others. And that's where we're at right now, brother. Your thoughts? Yep. This whole me, myself, and I, that's what's called Luciferian ideology. Luciferian means when somebody says, you know what? I don't know if there's a God. I don't even care if there's a God. Yeah. I'm not going to do God's will. I'm going to do my will. Amen. So anybody that lives their life as if my will be done, that's called Luciferianism, and that's exactly, Terry, what we see in the world today. Not God's will, but my will. Here's the one last thing I want to mention sure. uh, on today's first reading, because some people on, on an apologetics uh, yeah. point of view, they may ask, well, Jess, it says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So people will probably say, well, you're supposed to be baptized in the name of Jesus only. No. What it says there in Greek is you're supposed to be baptized in the authority of his name, the authority of his name. It doesn't render that in the English Bible. And so the authority of his name, Jesus tells us authoritatively how to be baptized in Matthew 28, 19, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So in the so that's what it means. When it means when it says to be baptized in the name of Jesus, it actually means to be baptized by the authority of Jesus. And the authority of Jesus is to be baptized by the Trinitarian formula. Amen. Thanks for that clarification. Up next, not just Nashville, attacks against churches nearly tripled so far in 2023, the report finds. We'll talk about that and much more on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us. It, yes. Can you believe it? These attacks against churches have nearly tripled so far in 2023. 
I can't believe this, but it's a fact. Yep, this fact. Last week's mass murder of six people at a church-run Christian school constitutes 2023's deadliest act of violence against churches, which have increased nearly three times this year compared to last year, thanks to a study done by the Protestant organization Family Research Council. Good for them. The number of anti-church attacks in 2022 had already tripled over four years. Unbelievable. Based on a previous report. In all, assailants attacked churches 69 times in the first three months of 2023, compared with 24 acts during the same period last year. So there's been a 288% increase in violence against churches. The rising tempo of anti-Christian assaults, which includes arsons, bomb threats, vandalisms, and sacrilege has affected places of worship in 29 states. The motives behind such desecration run the gamut from pro-abortion activism or controversies over transgender ideology to apparently senseless acts of destruction. Uh, Family Research Council says, uh, I mean, yeah, they say this, quote, American churches are increasingly bearing the brunt of anger and aggression whether that's from political or other motivations, according to the director of further religious liberty at Family Research Council. This contributes to an environment of hostility towards Christianity. Yeah, see, let me jump in for a minute. You've been a cop for 20-some years, way back when. I mean, you've been retired for a lot of years. Yeah. But in your your policing, you know, L.A., L.A. County, you know, big populated country, populated city and county, had you ever run into someone, whether it was a Catholic church, any kind of place of worship, that were doing damage, knocking statues down 25 years ago? Did you ever no, see that? No, Okay, no. so what's changed, Jesse? I think the culture has changed. It's become more, uh, more secular, yep. uh, more, more anti-Catholic, more anti-Christian in general. Uh, and we've already, we've basically now, we're accepting paganism like Satanism, witchcraft, uh, there's this is out in the open now. Yes. It was probably around in the 80s and 90s. It was underground. Yeah. Now it's open, Terry. And I'll tell you a lot. Yeah, of tell these, us why they're so open doing it now. Why do they feel so uh, comfortable doing it out? Because the they're wedded to the Democrat Party. There you go. And and the proof is just get on the internet and type in uh, uh, Satanists and witches for Biden if you don't believe me. Yeah. Okay. Fact. That's his. That's his prayer group, Terry. When he needs prayer power, he calls upon them, or somebody from his staff calls upon them. And if you want to see. Who the Satanists and witches hate? Why don't you type in, go on the internet and type in, um, Satanists and witches curse Trump. Exactly during his during his his uh, during his administration, many times they would do that during the Halloween period. Correct? Remember they were those? doing it liturgically every month. They was very organized, oh organized cursing. And so Terry, well, we're we're nearing the times of pagan Rome. Yeah, that's what's probably. So the communists persecute us. The Islamist the Islamists persecute us. And now the young woke anarchists are persecuting us as well. Do you, do you think there's another element that we in the church, as members, whether it's the hierarchy or the lay people, have just kind of sat back and said nothing? And do you think that's encouraging more violence to just say, oh, well, well, what, we, nothing we can do about it? Do you think they're, that that's helping? Feed? Weak leadership breeds contempt for the church. We have weak leadership. Yep. Uh, we have, uh, you know, in the Old Testament— you would have the uh, the watchmen that were on the wall of Israel looking for the enemies, and yep. they would blow the shofar, they would blow the horn. Yeah. 
Nobody's blowing the horn, Terry. Yeah, like Warren Strickland. A few, few, a few people are blowing the horn. Yeah. But uh, as as uh, Saint Paul says of the Corinthians, he says the trumpets are silent. In other words, the trumpets are supposed to be blasted when we're about to be attacked. Saint Paul says to the Corinthians, the trumpets are silent. And guess what? Who the trumpets are? The bishops, Terry. Those are the leaders and the apostles of the church that are supposed to be warning us. And if you want to see how violent Terry things are. Uh, the woke left yeah. uh, even killed, they murdered a Catholic bishop in Los Angeles, a mutual friend of ours. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, that, sad. that goes to show you how brazen they are right now. And Jesse, I know this got a little bit more in this article, but I think it's worth telling about your brother Johnny, who's going to be at the men's conference coming up June. You might want to check Jess and John, uh, Jesse and Johnny's uh, men's conference group coming up in June here at the Catholic Resource Center. He stood in front of a, one of these crazy groups trying to destroy St. Onipro statue. And what happened then, Jess? Johnny, my brother, stood with six other Catholic men that he just met on the spot at San Fernando Mission uh, a par- Park, right across the street from the old Mission Cemetery. Uh, a, over 100 Antifa and Black Lives Matters had, uh, had crowbars and chains and they came to the park to rip down a statue of, of Father Junipero Sierra, Saint Junipero Sierra. My brother was called by a pro-life uh, friend of ours. He drove over there right, right from work, as tired, you know, after you know nine hours, eight, eight nine hours of work, and driving an hour on the LA freeways. He drove over there, took out his rosary, stood in front of six Catholic men that he didn't know, but they all had rosaries, and they basically stood there like linemen, like football linemen, mm-hmm. and they and they stayed off. They prayed away. They intimidated. A uh, hundred Antifun Black Lives Matters that were intent on destroying the statue and tearing it down. Wow. And my brother Johnny was saying, nope, you ain't tearing it down on my watch. Finally, the police department came and my brother Johnny put them on the spot. He goes, are you guys going to stand with us or are you going to let these guys tear down the statue? Because we're not. We're not. Are you standing with us? And finally, he pressured the cops. They said, uh, uh, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll stand with you guys. We'll stand with you guys. And so the, the police was trying to negotiate a deal between Antifa and Black Lives Matter, my brother Johnny, and six other Catholic men. <laughs> what a story. And, and, uh, <laughs> and ultimately, um, Johnny and, and the men, they, they got their way. Yep. They weren't able to tear down the statue. But that, that's the type of yeah. men that we need in, in our society. That's what I call stepping into the breach. That's what I mean by a Catholic in the public square, Terry. Yeah. And Jesse, thanks for sharing that. And, and again, uh, this wasn't going on even just... Even five, ten years ago, Jesse, this wasn't happening. This seems to have picked up. And I still believe that the secular humanism that's being promoted in our culture, people have no respect for religious beliefs now. None. I mean, they're going to do whatever they can. I mean, I just saw on the Internet, you know, a lady who who said, I I do not want to see crucifixes or anything that does with religion. It was on the internet saying that, that it, it, it makes her nauseated to see these religious symbols, so we need to get rid of them in our culture. This is what we're up against. And again, I'm not looking for violence. You know what I'm looking for? The gospel. Repent and believe. Share the gospel with these people, because i got to believe, Jesse, this guy, this 28-year-old guy who did the uh, shootings, what a, what a sad man. In other words, he has no focus in life other than destruction. It goes right back to what Fulton Sheen said. When you don't know about what sin is, then you return to violence. Terry, and I'll tell you why this is also happening. Tell Pope me. Francis just said it a few weeks ago. He said that secular humanism is diabolical. Did you get that? Good. He, he, he hit a home Nailed run with that one. Secular humanism, it's just not like, you know, wrong-headed thinking, you know, backwards thinking. In t- no, secular humanism, as Pope Francis said, it's of Satan. Yeah. 
It's, it's diabolical. In other words, to live a life as if there's no God, that's exactly... Satan doesn't really care if you're a Satanist. All Satan wants is for you not to believe in God. Because if you don't believe in God, guess what? You'll live like a Satanist. You'll behave like a Satanist. And so he doesn't need you to believe in Satan, in in him. All he needs you to do is to reject faith in God. And you're going to behave like a Satanist. Fulton Sheen said, let me see if I get this right. He said, those who believe as they behave, those, those who do not believe as they behave, no, no, those who do not behave as they believe yeah. will believe as they behave. Exactly. Actions yeah. speak louder I, than words. I, that's yeah, that's Fulton Sheen. You nailed yeah. it. Yes. Yeah, that's what he said. Terry, you know, just just to kind of make some parting thoughts on this, it got all the statistics and all yeah. the all the vandalism done against Catholic churches, mostly some Protestant churches. Does this surprise us? Jesus Christ says in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are you when men reproach you and persecute you and speak falsely, saying all manner of evil against you for my sake. Rejoice, Catholics, because your reward is great in heaven. For so did they persecute the prophets who were beho- before you. And Terry, I'll, I'll, I'll show you who's behind these attacks, too. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Okay. The Biden government is going, instead of going after these criminal, criminals that are attacking Catholic churches and pro-life pregnancy centers... Him and Merrick Garland, what are they doing? What's the administration and the FBI doing? They're going after Catholics who go to the Latin Mass. I know, it's ridiculous. Because of a a leaked FBI report from Merrick Garland's office, they say Catholics who go to the Latin Mass, guilty, they're suspected terrorists according to a leaked FBI report. That's who Biden and the FBI is is poising their, 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 uh, their prosecutorial power against instead of these people attacking uh, uh, pro-life centers pregnancy counseling centers and catholic churches this is crazy and the saddest thing about it is biden and his wife are supposedly you know uh, they call themselves devout catholics here she just went to africa kenya with a rosary around her neck Jesse, promoting contraceptives as the way to to live and you see this is scandal and i want to ask our leaders in our church I know Bishop Strickland has called him out, but I need more than just a handful of bishops. I need to write from, we need clarity. We need the, the, the Pope and the bishops to come out and call these people uh, out the saying that you can't be a Catholic and for all these killing uh, things of abortion, contraception, uh, you can't be for, um, for, for the um, transgenderism. All these things have to be nailed out by our leadership. Guys like you, Jesse, and me, yeah, we'll call them out, but Joe, we're Joe Sixpack. We're not the hierarchy. We need the the hierarchy. We're the B team. Yeah, we're the B team. The A team has to come out and call these things for what they are. And the Biden administration, his wife, they're all saying things that are anti-Catholic and under the disguise of being a Catholic. It makes no sense. St. Peter would say this uh, to the woke left. Acts 538, he would say, So now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or work is of men, it will be overthrown. Yes. But, it, but if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow it. Else, perhaps you may find yourself fighting even against God. What's the point that I'm making? <laughs> exactly. Is that the Catholic Church is indestructible. Yep. The Catholic Church has been around for almost 2,000 years. Yep, you can persecute the Catholic Church. Guess what happens? All we do is grow. And guess what? In every century for the last 2,000 years, heretics 
have been composing the epitaphs, the gravestones in the cemeteries. But guess what? Instead of burying the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church continues burying all her enemies and burying all the heretics, Terry. And I might also add, which is not the first time where we've had enemies inside the church. Uh, Paul Kungran, who was interviewed by Father Mitch Pacwa about communism and the effects of it and how they how um, the communists got inside the Catholic seminaries and put in bad you know, priests that were becoming communists. We've been infiltrated, but you know what? God is going to pr- bring this out, out, and we are going to win. We are not going to lose because we've got Judases inside the church. It's not the first time we've had Judases, and not the last time. So let's keep praying for Holy Mother the Church that we can proclaim the Christ teachings in season and out. Just yep. when we come, go ahead, you're Terry, coming. Romans 8, 831. If God is for us, who can, who can be, be against, against us? us? Take it away, Terry. I love it. Next Up next, let's talk about COVID-19 and the Vatican and what they said two years ago because it's embarrassing. But, hey, uh, you know what? What's, what's the gospel say? Repent and believe in the gospel, not the vaccine. We'll be back with more on the Terry and Jen. So, what do you think? Do you think that the Vatican's promotion of the COVID-19 jab, was that an act of charity? (laughs) I don't think so. That's my opinion. If the new commandment given by Jesus to all follow believers were a looking glass, what would we see gazing backwards in time upon the church Mm -hmm. towards the visible onset of the pandemic in early 2020. Well, examination of conscience, here it comes. Look at this poem that somebody wrote. It's called The Mast Pied Piper. (laughs) Here it goes. I think it's it's a cute little poem. It says, It was early one March, the beginnings of a most beautiful spring. In my home village, square so fair, a strange and fearful sight for many did appear. A mast pied piper. I swear, with very baggy, strange underwear, swinging legs, a pair of trotters for his dancing feet, playing a tune so hauntingly, yet fearfully and hypnotically sweet. And he sang, mask up, mask up, keep a distance from your own kin. The melody rang, filling villagers with much chagrin. And like sheep to slaughter, they followed his hypnotic lead, lost in fearful frenzy, they failed to take heed. As the mass Pied Piper, <coughs> Fauci, played on, <laughs> his tune became such an awful oppressive noisy din. And he growled, take the jab, take the jab, for the love of your own neighbor or kin, Pope Francis. But a few wise sheep stood back watching it all. For they saw the madness, the fear and the doubt, and knew this was no time to be, to be following about. And so they stood firm, watching with disbelief, and as so many villagers behaving like dumb, silly sheep, followed the masked Pied Piper, Piper all the way to the local injection seat, for they knew that true wisdom lies in thought, and not blindly following a crowd distraught. The masked Pied Piper may have played his game, even the village pastor and doctor were fair game, but the wise sheep stood firm refusing to be tamed, for they knew that fear and panic will lead one astray. And in the end, only true wisdom can light and show the way. Co-authored by an anonymous person. 
Terry, that's exactly what happened exa- in 2020. They nailed it. And you know what the sad part about it is, Jesse? You know, when you have fear, when you get people to be fearful, they'll do almost anything to survive. It's, oh, no, you can't go out of your house. You can't do this. You can't get received the sacraments. You can't, can't, can't go to, no, 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 just don't go to confession. We can't, no, no more confession. Someone might get sick. And what happened, Jesse, is the church caved in, not in all dioceses, in all you know, world, because there's ones that didn't, but for the majority of them, they all went along with it because the government said this, and the state said this, and we can't go against that. And the question in my mind really comes down to is, what are we afraid of, dying, our body, or our soul? And it seemed to be that it was very clear that members in our church had more concern for the physical rather than the spiritual, and that's a sad day in the church. Absolutely. And look at this, this paragraph. I'm going to go down a few paragraphs. It, it says, it, brother. if you were looking through the lens of global secular institutions like yeah. the UN, the World Health Organization, right. sovereign governments, health agencies, pharma and media, That's what we were doing. it appeared that the Catholic Church had indeed succeeded. The global secular institutions said that all should get vaccinated as a duty towards our neighbor, yeah, as sad. an act of charity. The Sea of Peter... It must be pointed out, almost all leaders of other Christian denominations as well said the same yeah, sad. in a new abridgment to the Lord's commandment, <laughs> yeah, vaccinate to love one another. <laughs> to summarize the words of Pope Francis, here's what he said. So we don't put words in his mouth. He said this, quote, being vaccinated with vaccines authorized by the competent authorities is an act of love. Contributing to ensure the majority of people are vaccinated is an act of love. Love for oneself, love for one's family and friends, love for all people. That was uh, back in 2022, uh, Vatican News. Of course, the competent authorities who push the COVID jabs are, of course, pro-abortion, pro-euthanasia, pro-child gender transition, and maintain that men can give birth. Yeah, these are the people that are giving us the advice we're taking. I mean, are you kidding me? Is this microphone on, Jesse? Wow. If they're wrong on such fundamental moral issues... What do they know about charity? Why would they be right about mass COVID-19 vaccinations with experimental gene therapies? But if you, like us, were not looking through the lens of secular global institutions, if you look through a, a, a Catholic biblical worldview, you probably saw things quite differently. Of course. You witnessed our church forsake the gospel of Jesus Christ and follow the dictates of the World Health Organization and aligned national health authorities. What happened? Churches closed, priests were masked, the faithful were locked down, confined to participating in religious services via live streams. Those who were dying in hospitals, from what in many cases now looks increasingly like wrong medical treatment, were denied the sacraments. We witnessed, Terry, Catholic institutions, including the church hierarchy, coercing the faithful into vaccinations with experimental mRNA therapies. Those who refused, in some cases, lost their job. Yeah, like the Bishop of Puerto Rico. Keep going. I know a bunch of them. Shamefully, many Catholic doctors and nurses abandoned medical ethics and administered these toxic gene therapies, even to children who were never at risk. It appeared the Catholic Church had forsaken the altar of its Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and was 
to be found ministering at the secular altar of the corrupt pharmaceutical industrial complex. And Jess, if I can jump in, the B team stepped in. That's us lay people here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. We had lots of priests hearing confessions all day on Saturdays when supposedly all the churches were closed. And I'll say it publicly. I said it before. We didn't close our church doors. We said, no way. People need to see, they need Jesus more than they need a vaccine. And we had people come all the way from Fresno, California, four or five hours away because they said, I, I want to go to confession. I want my soul. I want my soul pure. I want to be able to get my, my sins absolved. And nobody's willing, no priest, no church. They're all closed. What do I got to do? Get in my car, do an eight-hour round trip uh, trip to, get, to go to confession. And, and I'm just saying we did that. Why? Because we're not afraid of the body. We're afraid of losing our soul. And how do we do that? Through sin. And so when, when this thing happened, it was scandalous. And I say the B team had to st- pick it up and say, okay, let's keep our doors open. And uh, we did. And yeah, did we pay a price for it? Yeah, but you know what, Jess, at our exit interview, I, don't, I think it's going to be a feather in our cap that we didn't succumb to fear of the government. That's right, Terry. And, and I've read another article that says that there's a 40% increase in deaths in the last two years. Yeah, what about that? Of, of people between the age of, of 18 and, and 45 years old. Yep, yep. You see, Jesse, and this is why I think out of humility, the church should a- a- acknowledge, just like, I'll give you an Apologize. example. Apologize for it. They said that when Bishop Sheen was being beatified, there might be some potential problems that the state could figure out and say that, hey, Bishop Sheen did this bad thing. Like, we can't beatify him. Of course, the state did their investigation, didn't find anything, and now the church still is not beatifying Fulton Sheen. Now, getting that back to us, we made a mistake. Where's our humility to say, hey, you know what, guys? All those people that died for taking the jab, I feel a little bit obligated to say I'm sorry. What happened yeah. to that? Oh, I'm exactly. so, so, come on, are we the Fonzie that can't say I'm sorry? Let's be honest. The church made a mistake on this, Jess. Yeah, Pope Francis made a mistake. I'm just going to go right to the top. Yeah. It wasn't. It, he spoke for the church. He was the, the buck stopped with him. He's a CEO. Of course. Okay. He needs to apologize, and I say this in all due respect. He needs to exercise some humility, and he he needs to realize that he was wrong on this issue. Again, he's no expert on medicine and science, and that was very obvious. Keep and going. I say that with I say that with all due respect. I do, Jesse. We have respect, yeah. but you know what? The truth is the truth. So many people died yeah. because they took the jab. Where's the responsibility for that? Yep. Yeah. The article says, once the global vaccination campaign was in high gear, you witnessed some Catholic churches around the world, including St. Peter's in Rome, demanding the faithful present COVID ID passes to attend church services. Tragically, in what may well return to haunt the church, you witnessed a complete failure of the hierarchy to acknowledge the harm being done. That's what you just said, Terry. That's right. To the faithful by the experimental mRNA gene therapies, a failure that persists to this present day. Yeah, even uh, Cardinal Burke was uh, locked out of the Vatican. He couldn't go in because he didn't have have the jab. (laughs) You know, Jesse, in one sense, we lived through that. But I I guarantee you, there's going to come a time 100 years from now, and they start looking through all this, and they go, what were you people thinking? Well, worse than that, it's not going to it's not going to bode well on a lot of people's exit interview. Those that were part of this and in leadership when they die, and they're all old men. They're they're all inches away from seeing Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something, Terry. Tell me, they've done object. They've done a horrible job governing our church, objectively speaking. Hopefully, they have a same dismiss moment at the very end. But things don't look good for a lot of these people. These people are in bed with Fauci, the World Health Organization, the United Nations, the globalists, big pharma, big tech. 
It, uh, they, they're, they're in bed with George Soros, uh, Bill Gates. They're in bed with the enemies of Christ, Terry. Yeah, they are. And they're all a bunch of old men. Yeah. And Jesse, this isn't the first time the church made these prudential decisions wrong. Uh, remember uh, in the Costero movement in Mexico when the Holy Father told all the um, the guys to put their— Stand down. Stand down. 5,000 men, t- put your guns down. They said they'd, they'd let you go free. Of course, they shot every one of them. So, you see, my point is the church is not infallible on prudential decisions. These are decisions they make, and they can be wrong. And this decision to get everybody vaccinated, now we look from behind the scenes, and I still don't see anybody saying, hey, we were wrong. And, I, you know, if people don't know who Fonzie is from happy days when I grew up, he could never say I'm sorry, no. okay? It wasn't in his vocabulary. Mm-mm. I think the church has to humble itself and say we were wrong. We apologize. We'll make restitution for that. We'll pray because we were very much, but we bought into the world, the devil, and the flesh. Yes, I said the world, the devil, and the flesh because the devil wanted those people to take the vaccine. Am I on to something, Jess, or am I assuming so? I think the devil would want that. You know of why? Of course. Because then they can die. Then they can get sick, and they can reject the church and reject Christ and go to hell. Yep, and uh, of course the devil would be, was, would be behind having you uh, put uh, embryonic fetal stem cells into your body of a dead baby. There you go. You nailed it. This is the monstrosity of this experimental mRNA jab, Terry. Yeah. You know, Jess, it's hard for us to have to talk like this, but you know what? It's the truth at what happened, and we need to repent and believe, as the guy, the first reading of the yeah. gospel said today. All of us, Jess, myself, all of us, repent and believe in the gospel. When we come back, hey, we're going to study some Hebrew, a Hebrew word. That's going to bring new meaning to Easter. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Jess, let me jump in before we get to this topic. I had one more thing to say about the vaccines you yep. go on the Drudge Report, there's an article here that the scientists who, who developed the, um, the, the vaccine for COVID are now saying in 10 years, we're going to have a vaccine that will basically stop you from receiving any cancer. Okay? <laughs> and these guys, are people are going to buy that and get vaccinated and spend billions of dollars because what are they promising, Jesse? Eternal life. Exactly. Without the Eucharist, without Jesus. Yes, that's the next one they're promising. They said that... They have a vaccine in 10 more years from that that's going to make you uh, live longer so that when you're when you're 90 years old, you're going to feel like you're 50. And we're working on a, a vaccine that will make it so that you will never die. This is all on the Drudge Report. And why do I say this, Jess? Because we're they're bill, it's a bill of goods and it's really trying to get people to say this is all we have here. So just do whatever, you know, whatever the cost is. Let's get I'll take it. Sign me up. And what we're saying is, no, life is short. Eternity is forever. Stop this nonsense of trying to save the body and forget about the soul. That's the message I wanted to leave. They're trying to give you eternal light without Jesus, without the Eucharist. And that's, uh, that's, that's trying to build the Tower of Babel all no over No other again. name you'll be saved. Amen. Terry, let me just, uh, on the last topic, it, it, the, the last two paragraphs of the article are, are, are tremendous. Yeah, it, it says this. We know how he addressed the scribes and Pharisees, our Lord, the Jewish leaders of, of his day, uh-huh. in Matthew chapter 3, verse 7 and 12. With cracks now increasingly appearing globally in the official COVID narrative and the stench of both governmental 
and institutional corruption now circulating in the air. Mm -hmm. I finished this personal reflection on the Vatican's promotion of COVID-19 vaccination, asking myself this question. When the day of reckoning comes, will the Sea of Peter have the humility to get down on its knees before the faithful and ask forgiveness for carelessly exposing the flock Jesus entrusted into his care to harm with reckless words, distorting the commandment to love that opened the sheep gate to the wolves. And those cardinals and bishops who blindly followed erroneous dictates they knew to be wrong. Those who remained silent when they should have spoken out in defense of truth I really don't know how the Lord will deal with these shepherds if they remain unrepentant. But I'm reminded of the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 3, verse 9, quote, And do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham, close quote. <laughs> In other words, yes. don't tell me on Judgment Day, I'm a Catholic bishop, I'm a Catholic pope, Who cares? I'm a Catholic cardinal, I'm gonna, I could go to heaven. No, nope. Don't say that because you can be a Catholic clergy and still have Satan as your father, according to Jesus Christ. And some of the saints have even said they get the, they, the, the gates of hell are paved with bishop's skulls, okay? So, Jess, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, this is what the saints have said. Hey, Jess... Um, this is uh, a couple minutes here. We want to bring a new meaning to Easter now. We'll sh- unless you got more on that. It, it, no, that's that, it. That's that okay? it. Done. New, Done. The bring new meaning to Easter. Consider learning this Hebrew word. What's that all about, brother? Dayenu. Terry, the first time I heard that yeah. term, Dayenu, was yeah. uh, was uh, Mother Miriam's uh, conversion. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, her name was... Uh, um, her, um, Mother Miriam's Mother name Miriam. was... Um, <laughs> I can't even think of it. Okay. It was her conversion story. Yeah. The first one, she kept, that's the first, I heard it 25 years, 30 years ago. Uh, she, and she works for Catholic Answers. Rosalind Moss. Rosalind Moss. Moss. Thank, you. Thank you. That's great. <laughs> Anita, you're awesome. Yeah. We got two old guys here. Thanks, Anita. Exactly. She gave a <laughs> testimony and she, and she kept using the word Dianu, Dianu. Yeah. It was, I remember 25 years ago, I've never forgot that word. Yeah. But so this article talks about people that celebrate the Seder Fest, mm-hmm. which it takes place on the first night of the Jewish holiday, yeah. the Passover, which was April 5th this year. Yeah. Uh, it's the Jews gather together. They celebrate on the first night of Passion Week. Uh, we call it Holy Week. And, uh, and, and this Jewish Seder is a time when the Jews remember God's faithfulness to the people of Israel and his kindness towards all who love him, whether Jew or Gentile. And, and, and there's various prayers in Jewish history that are read aloud during the Seder, including the story of how God brought the Jews out of Egypt and delivered them out from slavery. But the story's not just a set of facts. It's an active call to recognize the way God has exceeded our expectations and blesses people. So here's the Jewish prayer that the dad of the household, the Jewish yep. dad prays. The wife and the kids are listening to fa- the dad pray. And here's what he says. Dad says this. He goes, If God would have taken us out of Egypt and not executed judgment upon them, it would have been enough for us. Dayenu. If God would have executed judgment upon them and not upon their idols, it would have been enough for us. Dayenu. If God would have judged their idols and not killed their firstborn, it would have been enough for us. Dayenu. That's what Dayenu means. It would have been enough. If God would have killed their firstborn and not given us their wealth, it would have been enough for us. 
Dayenu. If God would have given us their wealth and not split the sea for us, Dayenu, it would have been enough for us. If God would have split the sea for us and not let us through it on dry land, Dayenu, it would have not been enough for us. It would have been enough for us, excuse me. If God would have let us through it on dry land and not drowned our enemies in it, Dayenu, it would have been enough for us. If God would have drowned our enemies in it and not provided for our needs in the desert for 40 years, it would have been enough for us, Dayenu. In other words, Dayenu means what Terry's always talking about. It's having an attitude of gratitude. And so the Jews, every year during their Passover meal, Jewish families, the father says this prayer and allows the entire family to experience Dayenu. In other words, moments when God exceeded our expectations and God showed us undeserved kindness. And so in the Jewish household, they go around the table and each Jew shares their Dayenu from the past year. They'll say, if God would have done so and so, uh, Dayenu, he exceeded my expectations. And you'll find this is, this is a, a, a ritual that's done by the Jewish father yep. in a Jewish household once a year during Passover. Now, for us, <laughs> what's, our, what's our Dayenu? It's Easter Sunday. Yeah, Thanksgiving, baby. When the Son of God rose Mass. from the dead, yep. Dayenu, God exceeded all of our expectations and God showed us undeserved kindness, Terry, that we don't deserve well on Easter Sunday, Dayenu. Now, I want to just say one more sure. thing. It is, it's kind of important because yeah. I know a lot of Catholics, they'll, they'll go around and they'll say, hey, Jess, I went to a, to a Jewish Seder meal. We had the Jewish Seder meal. Taylor Marshall has a great article. Catholics are not allowed to celebrate the Jewish Passover Seder meals. Hmm. There's, a, there's papal uh, proclamations on this. And I'll give you the theology why. The article is called Christian Seder Passover Meals. Should Christians Celebrate Them by Taylor Marshall? It's, it's very short and it's worth reading. And the reason the church doesn't allow us to celebrate the Jewish Seder meal is because that would be going back into the Old Testament. He quotes St. Thomas Aquinas in his article. He quotes St. Thomas in Summa, paragraph one. It says this, St. Thomas explains that baptized Christians observing any Old Testament ritual or sacrament or liturgy is sinning. Wow. And if done with knowledge and full consent, such an act would be a mortal sin. Here's St. Thomas, quote, just as it would be a mortal sin for a sin now for anyone in making a profession of faith, to say that Christ is yet to be born, which the fathers of old said devoutly and truthfully, so too it would be a mortal sin now to observe those Old Testament ceremonies which the fathers of old fulfilled with devotion and fidelity, close quote. And so many Catholics don't know this. So if you've been involved in a Jewish Seder meal, don't think you're going to go to hell because if you didn't know, it's not a sin. You have right, to know. Exactly. Yeah, but now that you know, read Taylor's article is full with Catholic theology. Uh, we can't go back. And this is why St. Paul was very clear in, in, uh, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. St. Paul says this, quote, For Christ, our Passover meal, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with old leaven, that's what the Jews do on Seder, the leaven of malice and of evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth, that's the Holy Eucharist. So 
if you're invited to participate in like what they call a messianic seder meal, just kindly decline because our Passover seder meal is the holy sacrifice of the mass, Amen. and you can't improve upon that. And you know, on a practical level, we should be thanking God every single day before we go to bed and count our blessings because I just just said an attitude of gratitude is welcome just about everywhere. And this is what we do when we do it at night. We not only thank God, we also do in our examination of conscience. Are we doing that every night? Examine how we did the day, count your blessings, say your act of contrition. This is a Catholic approach to life. Yes, we've got things from the Jews that were passed on to us, this attitude of gratitude for God and knowing the kingship. Dianu. Yes, Dianu. Dianu. So, yes, there's no question. But my point is, we should be doing that every single day, counting our blessings. Yeah. So. And I'll tell you, Terry, why this Passover meal, is, yeah. as a Catholic, we can't go back and participate in a Jewish Seder meal with your neighbors or some friends. The reason is, is because uh, we, we, we already have the Jewish Seder meal points to the Eucharist. It's, it's a type and the Holy Eucharist is the fulfillment of the type. And so we can't go back. Right. That would be taking a step back. Right. It's like... You know, you graduate from high school and you go back to the 10th grade. No, you don't do that. You graduate from high school, you go to college. You don't go back to the 10th or 9th grade. To to celebrate a Jewish Seder meal is to go back 10 steps, not forward. Makes sense. Jess, because this is the octave of Easter and we are an Easter people, even the on Friday of this week, we can celebrate Easter in a big way. I want to encourage people with their families, like Special, maybe even have a special meal together, whether right now I'm going home for lunch with my wife. But I, I have some special desserts that we bought for the Easter season. That's Lebanese dishes that are really not something we eat, you know, every day. Matter of fact, once a year. It's, it's a tradition. So I would encourage you to pass on those traditions of Thanksgiving that we do here in our faith. So there you go, Jess. What? Hey, brother Jess, I hear the music. Wow, that went quack, quick. What state should we be living in, brother? Live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Pray rosary every day. And remember, let this be burned in your heart. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is truly risen. Amen, brother. And remember, this is so powerful to think about Our Lady of Fatima. St. Paul VI said that Fatima is a reaffirmation of the gospel. What What did Our Lady say there? That we need to, that souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Think about all the people you know. I mean, not all of us going to heaven, right? Small percentage, most likely. But can we pray and make sacrifice for our brothers, our sisters, a stranger halfway around the world? Yes! Offer up some sacrifice today. Be part of participating in the salvific work of Jesus Christ. What an honor that is for us to be here to teach you about Jesus and his bride, the church. May God richly bless you and your family. Happy Easter.